0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Informative and entertaining, this is The Roy Green Show across the course radio network. There's a certain urgency to that. Huh? Get a grind. Come on, let's go. Go, 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 go. It's The Green Show, and follow me on Twitter at The Roy Green Show. Send your emails to Roy at RoyGreenshow.com. And uh, the webpage is RoyGreenshow.com. Podcasts, listen back to anything whenever you choose to download, too. Catherine Swift, workingcanadians.ca. Linda Latherdale, at Linda Latherdale. Put the pot up. Put the pot up. I want to talk to them. You need to keep the pot down so I can't talk to you guys. Drives me nuts. Uh, <laughs> and Michelle Simpson, at Michelle Simpson, former Liberal Member of Parliament. How are you, Linda?
1: Good.
0: How are your dogs? Are they going to be quiet this week?
1: Well, I, Brad Pipple promised he wouldn't bark during the show. Go to um, the point, right? Well, what are
0: you going to do about it if he does? Not well. What's that, Catherine? Well, how was your doggy that wasn't yeah. well? You uh, were telling yeah. us about. Yeah, I told yeah. you guys. I, t- yeah. I haven't said I haven't said anything on the air. I tell the story. I'll tell the story. Okay. So my little buddies have been sort of my best companions for almost a year now. It's fifteen pound Rocky, the Bichon. Only Bichon named Rocky in the world. <laughs> And he and he's rocky because I've said it before. When he trees a squirrel, he jumps on a bench in the porch and he does a sly stone dance. He really does. It's kind of like it's funny to watch. And uh, then there's Sonny, the um, the Yorkie, six pounds of six pounds in weight and thirty pounds of lungs, and constantly talking. So yesterday, Sonny wasn't doing so well. He started screaming in pain. So like you know, just really screaming. Suddenly, they have been playing, doing whatever, and so I get him in the car, I take him to the vet, just around 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Vet checks him out and says, I think he's okay, because he was moving okay by that point, so he gave me some some pain meds for him. About 9.30 last night, he starts to scream again, and uh, has trouble moving, and he's just hunched over, like his back is arched like a cat when they're upset. And uh, so I call the vet, and he calls me back, and he says, well, I think you need to take him to a clinic, 24-hour clinic. And the thing is, the 24-hour clinic was a over an hour's drive away, and, and it was freezing rain, and the roads were like skating rinks, and the ice on the windshield just froze. So you know when your wipers can't handle it, they just keep skidding across the top of the ice? And I went through a bottle of washer fluid in wow. like five minutes. And meanwhile, the little guy's on my lap, uh, and I kept moving him over into his little bed, and he's crying, and he's not well. We get to the clinic. He starts jumping around.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I've driven
0: through hell and tarnation in the winter, and he starts hopping around. Uh, so the vet looks at him, and she says, it could be that he's got a, a disc problem in his back. Or in his neck, and it's pinching a nerve and then not pinching it. So we're not sure what happened. He seems reasonably okay now, but I got I got to bed about two thirty in the morning, and I got up at five thirty. So there's my story. Uh, Dogs are so did important it cost to us. You? See. Huh?
1: How much did it cost you? <laughs>
0: a lot. <laughs> a lot. And then what? What's really What's really interesting is they say to you, "Do you want your dog to have an MRI?" I said, "What now?" Oh yeah. <laughs> Really? Like now? Like people wait for a year?
2: No, <laughs> oh, because you're paying for it. though, yeah, That's right. 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 <laughs> that's but
0: my doggy key. can have an R- MRI right
2: right away. There you go. You can also get an MRI at three in the morning because I had some back issues a couple of years ago. I opted to do it in the private sector just because I wanted it done quickly. Right. And then my my doctor, my GP, said to me, "Well, you know, if you want to go at three, four in the morning, you can get it probably in three or four weeks." So. Because they're not, you know, they're not uh, that busy, I guess, at 3 in the morning. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, our health. Uh, anyway, we're not talking health care today. But...
0: No, no, but, but a lot of people, but it's true. A lot of people, I've, under, I've heard this from, from, uh, from radiologists. I don't know how true it is across the country. But in in certain parts of, I've heard it said about Montreal, that patients who are offered an MRI at 3 o'clock in the morning in a public hospital, and they're told you only have to wait a couple of weeks to get in, They'll say, "Oh no, I'm not getting up at three o'clock in the morning." No, no, no. Yeah. And so they'll wait over a year so they can have the MRI done in the daytime. What's the point?
2: Well, that's foolish. That's foolish. I, yeah, I that paid for mine. It was seven hundred bucks. It was worth it to me because no, I wanted it people. done and I wanted it dealt with. But you were rich. People. I would have done it at three in the morning if that was what it came to. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. But, but
0: my doggy could have had it done right away. And there you go. <laughs> and then, and then they would have said to me, "What's the limit on your visa?" are you paying on it? Oh, no, no. We're only doing half an MRI for you. (laughs) So, guys, uh, I know we have a couple of issues that we want to get at. I spoke in the last hour. We had a few technical problems, and I couldn't take calls. So I spoke at, at length on my own, which I didn't intend to do. But we were talking about this whole issue about the Energy East pipeline, the, the controversy that's springing up between the mayor of Montreal and uh, politicians in Western Canada. I had Ronna Ambrose on the air. I spoke with her yesterday. We played it back. She said she's never heard, never heard. That was her word. She's never heard uh, Albertans she's spoken to so angry about uh, about anything. as she heard about the Energy East issue? It's uh, How? I, I, I think this has the potential to become a national unity issue only because it will dredge up old anger and it will infuriate people who will say it's time for another part of the country to step up and help us because we've been there to help them all along and I cannot disagree with that point of view.
1: Neither can I. Neither can I. No, I couldn't agree more. Yep. I'm I'm currently away um, in California And there's a lot of snowbirds from Calgary, particularly Calgary. And the feedback, I don't wear red very much down here. The feedback from Canadians, they are furious. I mean furious. So I tend to agree. This whole thing, unless it's properly managed, and I think it's going to take Mr. Trudeau's intervention uh, big time to uh, get things under control, I I can see the writing on the wall on this one.
2: Well, Michelle, the sad thing is Trudeau's come out saying he's going to up the red tape on energy projects like the Energy East Pipeline. Red tape is already up the yin-yang. I've I've been reading some articles on this last few days. We have more oversight and red tape and regulation and on and on and on, in Canada, than they do anywhere in the world. Old Obama, you know, kicked Keystone to the curb uh, because he was appeasing the the, the far-left greenies, and and that's his so-called legacy, which history will prove him to have been a disaster, by the way. And I will will put money on that today. But anyway, uh, you know, Trudeau has come up and basically put more roadblocks in the way. And let's face it. The last Trudeau screwed Alberta royally. Sorry to say it, but he did. Mm-hmm. And this one, oh, the fact that this one's name is Trudeau uh, isn't going to help the situation. I hate to say it, but that's the truth. Absolutely. Well, I
1: cer- it's certainly you're, you're right, because I'm hearing about, you know, the 70s, yep. big time. Yep. From, you know, people in my age bracket, they they have not forgotten. And And it's so unnecessary. And And it's so unnecessary. And, you know, the national energy policy, that's what you're talking about. And and that phrase, let those eastern bastards freeze in the dark. You know, this is going to divide the nation. And really, in these tough times, we have to be coming together. And this thing should go through. And Alberta
2: has been bo- has been supporting most of the country. Mm-hmm. Saskatchewan too, to a lesser extent. But they also have to. They've been supporting the rest of the country for years. When other governments, like the one that I, the one the province I live in, has been spending themselves into a drunken stupor. They, they we're a have-not province in mm-hmm. Ontario, which is a disgrace. We should never be a have-not province if we had a, a sensible government. And Alberta's been doing that. And now. People like our federal government and and other provinces like like Coderre and Quebec are are saying, uh, well, you know, suck eggs, Alberta. (laughs) Yeah, really, that's just just ridiculous disgrace. Let's have some national vision. Denis Coderre, Kathleen Wynne, uh, you know, Christy Clark out in B.C. Come on, this is disgraceful. I agree.
1: Yep.
0: Well, I have nothing else to add to that. (laughs)
1: No, it's we're true. It's it's agreement. true. We are, we,
0: you know, we're either a family, we're either a Canadian family with a with a, with a with a um, shared objective. And I said earlier, I said in the, the last hour, in the three well, in the second hour of the show, I said uh, the transfer payments, the equalization payments, don't make any news. They don't create headlines because they just happen. It's been going on for many years the the bank account is drained of the have by the have not provinces and their bank accounts are empty and so money flows into those bank accounts from the so-called have provinces and it's it's the way that we cooperate with one another and we help one another and we define in a way our national reality now when something like energy east comes up it turns into a public relations disaster because certain people don't remember the equity payments that were made to their province, and they whine and ca- stamp their little feet about 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 the pipeline. I would say to Mister Kader, what do you prefer, rail or 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 oil tankers? Which one would you prefer? Uh, because obviously you don't want the pipeline. Yep. Anyway, let's take well, a break. It,
2: it is it is it is outrageous, and we we the average citizen have to tell our members of parliament, federally, provincially, wherever, that this is unacceptable. They need to have a national vision and do the right thing for the whole of Canada. And when I see somebody like Kader being so very petulant and entitled, uh, you know, he's he's would he not? He personally, but his city and his province would gain if this Energy East would go through. They would mm-hmm. be winners. What yeah. not to like here?
0: Well, last word goes to Michelle because she used to be a caucus colleague of Mr. Kadir. Well, if you, uh, Michelle, say something to the man. I he's following me on Twitter now after our after our uh, Where's Denny hashtag uh, uh, session last weekend. What do you want to say? What would you say to him, Michelle?
1: You know, Denny, quit grandstanding. It's his way of getting attention. And I think the word petulant is, is quite appropriate. But it, it's his way of, you know, keeping himself in the spotlight. Like when he took the jackhammer to the Canada Post super boxes. You know, it's, it's all about the moment. And you know what, Denny, just stand up, be a man, and look out for Canada. For, forget about your little piece of the world. Just there's, think about us as a as a
0: nation. That's Michelle Simpson, former Liberal MP, former caucus colleague of the Montreal Mayor. We'll come back with Catherine, Linden, Michelle and part two of Beauties and the Beast for this Saturday. Informative and entertaining. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. back with at Michelle Simpson, at Linda Leatherdale, and at Swifty01.
2: And don't forget at Working Canadians, or CDNS, just for the record, Roy. At Working... My s- other, my other, my CDNS. alter ego, at WorkingCDNS is my other Twitter handle.
0: WorkingCDNS.ca. Working well, no, it's just at Working Canadians for Twitter. All this... All these addresses, eh?
2: I know. Oh. Well, Linda, I didn't even know yours until you sent it around to us today. So I'm following you now, and I retweeted some of your tweets.
1: So you thank know. you, Catherine. But you know, and I brought this it up before. The There's eh? a leather dowel. Some jerk set that up for me, and I have oh. to take it down. And anyway, Eric, okay.
2: I've had phony ones set up for me too, because it's very easy to set stuff up. So you got to be careful.
0: Okay, I kids. Know. What about what about you know? We talked about the new prime minister for Canada. Mm-hmm. And on Monday, it's the Iowa primaries. Tomorrow, I'm going to be speaking with the uh, managing director of Rasmussen Polling in the U.S. We'll talk to a former mayor of a U.S. city who's a strong supporter of Donald Trump. And I'll talk to a reporter in Des Moines, Iowa. Again, where it all starts on Monday with the first primary. Yeah, um, you know, Trump owned the week again this week. <laughs> it doesn't matter what he does; he owns the week. And even Mike Huckabee and uh, who's the other guy, um, Rick Santorum, when they when they left the preliminary debate on Fox News, they wound up at Trump's event. The man owns the um, owns the, owns the week. He I don't know if he'll own the primaries, but he's done. I don't know what, he's done an amazing job of owning the turf. And it seems to me the whole thing is programmed. He's smart. He thinks his way through from the beginning. He's a, he's several steps ahead of the rest of the world. He knows exactly what he's going to do. And by the time we've caught up, he's doing something else. Would you agree or not?
1: I agree. But did you see the guy that showed up in a T-shirt and with hi, hi, whatever, Trump? And he threw tomatoes at him. <laughs> And he missed. <laughs> well, yeah.
2: There you go. I I think it's I think the Trump thing. Yeah, Trump Trump clearly isn't stupid. He's calculating. He's rough and tumble for sure. But I think it's just a statement of how fed up people are with your average, you know, garden variety politician. And even though he's outrageous and 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 you know wild and crazy in a lot of ways, uh, people are kind of welcoming that because they're fed up with the mealy-mouthed. Uh, you know, maybe politically correct, button down people that don't tell the truth.
0: <laughs> it's like Bernie Sanders on the other side of the equation, Michelle.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's amazing. The number, you know, when he first got into the race, people were laughing, joking. This is going to be good entertainment, you know, when you're watching the election. But, you know, when you start seeing every other car down here with a Donald Trump for president bumper sticker... It really it shocks you into my God, you know. Well, there's
0: California. there was a poll. There
1: was You're a poll done. Michelle.
0: Harvard University did a poll of millennials. So this is the young generation of adults. They did a poll of millennials, and they found that the millennials, by majority, they want Donald Trump for the Republicans. Wow. They want Bernie Sanders for the Sanders Democrats. For
2: the Those Democrats.
0: are the eighteen to twenty-nine year olds.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's surprising. I must say. This
0: it's this is a campaign. Full of surprises. Each day is a surprise.
2: Said it's amazing, uh, you know, spectator sport. Because I love politics as a, as a junkie, and boy, it's interesting to watch. <laughs> okay, let me ask
0: you guys. Let me ask you guys guys this question. On the weekend before the primary start, will any of you, or all of you, discount entirely the possibility of a president Donald Trump? Don't don't get excited. Just Tell me whether you would, and I'll start, I'll say to you that I would not today Neither at all I, even begin to discount the possibility for President Trump.
1: Oh, I wouldn't either, Roy. The no, way things are I, going, I, it's I'm eminently sure. possible. Yep. And uh, y- who knows, we could have Kevin O'Leary in Canada. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mich- <laughs> Michelle? Uh, you know what? I wouldn't discount it at all. Yeah. People that I've known for years who seemed, you know, rather level-headed, They say we just love Donald Trump. Love. They use the word. And I'm like, okay. Uh, The Washington
0: Post had a great article a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it's written by two of their reporters and researched it quite well. And the fundamental or the bottom line was Trump's success is largely due to the general population of the United States being totally totally fed up with political correctness yep. they now have the, had the door kicked open for them to challenge political correctness and they're not walking through the doorway they're running through
1: that's i would say that's absolutely accurate and i would absolutely. say that people voters don't trust any of the mainstream politicians anymore and who
0: brought that on themselves
1: they did they did absolutely
0: okay kids i've got 30 seconds final word Catherine.
1: Well, we were going to talk
2: about uh, big government spending on infrastructure, and as you know, Working Canadians put out a press release just about 10 days ago talking about one of our most serious issues with government infrastructure being most governments, to varying degrees, restrict bidding to union only contractors, and that ends up costing Canadian taxpayers over, well, roughly 40%, 40% more. Than it would otherwise cost them. So if we want to waste tens of billions over the next number of years where we know we're going to be spending big on infrastructure, then let's just keep up that stupid policy.
0: Just go to workingcanadians.ca.
2: Exactly. We've got to. Actually, we've got something there. i got to go. You can send an email in about two seconds. So please do, folks.
0: Catherine Swift, Linda Levadale, Michelle Simpson, we'll talk next Saturday.
2: Looking forward to Thank you, later.
0: Have a great week. We'll come back and wrap up after this.